my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, in just a minute, I'm going to be joined by my good friend Alex Sears, and we have a ton to get to, as always, um, from the latest communist propaganda from the New York Times to Joe Biden's disastrous town hall on CNN last night. Uh, we, we have a lot to get to, as always. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before I get to Alec, uh, I need to say hi to our brand new sponsors over at Bulk Munitions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard me on the show. I've been complaining for years, <laughs> years on end, about the, the ammo shortage problems we're seeing in the United States right now. And uh, we, don't, we don't need to complain anymore because Bulk Munitions has got you covered. Um, I'm always looking for nine. I'm always looking for, for two, two, three or five, five, six. Um, and I'm sure you guys are as well. I know a lot of you guys are as well. Um, they, these guys have you covered. I mean, bulk munitions has a, a wide selection of nine, uh, five, five, six, two, two, three in stock, ready to ship. They've also got 40, 45, 12 gauge, 308, 38 special, uh, 380, 357, 22, whatever you need. <laughs> they have it in stock, ready to ship fast right now at bulkmunitions.com. Uh, no back orders, and they don't sell it unless they have it ready to ship. All orders ship within two business days. No more waiting around. Um, and I know I've mentioned this uh, before, but I really, I really truly mean it. I enjoy working with companies that share the values that I put forth every Monday and Wednesday on this podcast. And uh, the, the folks over at Bulk Musicians, uh, Bulk Munitions are absolutely on the same page. They absolutely share our values. Um, these guys started their company because while there are other decent online ammo retailers, those companies are looking out for their own interests, and the guys at Bulk Musicians want uh, their work to serve a higher purpose. That's why they donate at least a minimum of 10% of their profits to Christian-based and Second Amendment-supporting nonprofits. Um, they call it the Ammo Tithe, which I absolutely love. Um, and if, if all that isn't great enough, guys, Bulk Munitions is offering this audience a limited-time offer. The first 25 of you guys to use the promo code TNGP21 will receive a free Blackhawk magazine case of your choice, either a soft-sided case for pistol mags or a hard-sided case for your AR-15 mags. Uh, you get that absolutely free with the promo code TNGP21 on any purchase over 100 bucks. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's you, you're not going to find a deal better than that. Um, you can go to bulkmunitions.com slash TNGP uh, to see the special offer and see how you can get that free magazine case. So once again, go to bulkmunitions.com slash TNGP. Use the promo code TNGP21. Stock up your ammo box and get that free Blackhawk mag case on the house. You cannot beat it. Uh, guys, also, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the No Gimmicks Podcast. All right, without further ado, the great Alex Sears. All right, guys, we're here with my brother Alex Sears. Alex, how are you doing, man? Doing good, Brady. Good to be here as always. Absolutely, man. So we have, uh, as always, a ton to get to in a limited amount of time, but I, I have to start. I've got to start with this doozy of a piece um, from our friend uh, Taylor Lorenz over at the New York Times. Um, here's the headline. It, this is just a, a 
remarkable headline. Quote, unfettered conversations are taking place on Clubhouse, an invitation-only app that lets people gather in audio chat rooms. The platform has exploded in popularity despite grappling with concerns over harassment, misinformation, and privacy, unquote. Now, the New York Times obviously has no problem with harassment or invasions of, of privacy since they don't believe dissent or private property more generally should exist. But um, So it's obviously the, the misinformation they're concerned with. Um, and by misinformation, I'm sure Taylor means anything that the left doesn't like. Yeah, this is uh, um, honestly like we, we saw it coming. You know, there have been articles in the past couple of weeks in the rise of Clubhouse, which I've had, yeah, I've had a good time on. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't think it was really gonna gonna kind of go anywhere, but I've had a good time on Clubhouse. Um, but yeah, we've seen you know lots and lots of fact checkers all of a sudden freak out because uh, you know Clubhouse doesn't re- allow any native recording. You can't screen record, so if you wanted to record, you'd have to set up you know external devices to do so. Uh, and and it just is so jarring. To, to the liberal media establishment that they can't filter or spin a conversation that might be happening, especially when someone might be having, you know, a conversation that doesn't doesn't flow with the narrative or doesn't doesn't go through the media bias first, you know, before getting to people. Um, so so it's a this is a five alarm fire for the media right now um, because people have found yet another way to to get around them. You know, similar to, to how Trump used Twitter to get around the media. Um, this is another one of those ways. And, and I was talking with a few folks about this last night. You know, one one application of Clubhouse that I hadn't even considered up until this point. I've been using the app, you know, very, very infrequently for like two weeks or so, maybe a little longer. Um, but uh, elected officials are starting to, you know, open up accounts. And uh, I think it's, you know, a great platform to have audio only town halls. Just real quick or just just to jump on and chat for, you know, half an hour, an hour um, and very, very personal um, and and a, a great way to connect with elected officials um, with with no, you know, chance for a reporter to run out screaming. That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I think Clubhouse could be a, a net good. And of course, you know, The New York Times hates that. They hate it. And I, I just don't know. I don't know if everybody is aware of what unfettered means. You know, they, Lorenz starts off, unfettered conversations are taking place. A fetter is like the, the metal chain that they tie up prisoners with. <laughs> like the cha- like a chain gang where they're all like prisoners or like back in the day, you know, slaves were chained together by their ankles. Like that's what a fetter is. So, so the Times is mad that we, you know, peasants, we slaves, are having conversations with each other. Like that, that, the fact the fact that we're having conversations, the fact that you and I are having this conversation, that's what they can't handle. Right. Yeah. And and there was there was one thing like buried in this article that uh, that like Tara Lorenz is obviously miffed about this because she's such a meme in this new clubhouse <laughs> community because like it's it's mostly like venture capitalists and 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 tech, you know, big tech guys, Silicon Valley guys and, and Wall Street. That was like a lot of the early adopters. And they all hate Taylor Lorenz because she's a fake journalist that yeah. only covers TikTok, which is just so silly. Yeah. But she takes herself so, so seriously for for no good reason. Like she has absolutely no reason to take herself that seriously. And buried somewhere in this article um, is is her saying, you know, her complaining 
that, you know, a New York Times reporter has been like locked out of these chats. She's been like mass blocked by by tons and tons of people. So she can't even access these <laughs> chats. She's being harassed, you know, by uh, by all of these these private calls that nobody can get into and fact check, you know. Oh, God forbid. Gosh, it's hilarious. Uh yeah, by, by the way, I'll just I'll just mention I I just downloaded Clubhouse like 10 minutes ago. Uh, I've been super busy, so I haven't even checked it out yet. But now that I found out that the New York Times doesn't want me on it, I downloaded it. So like, what you know, it, it is cool. I mean, I've heard mixed re- mixed reviews of Clubhouse, but it's it's definitely worthwhile. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I've I've had a good time. Had a nice long conversation with with a bunch of folks last night, some of whom I had not even met before, and then you know got to got to know. So yeah, I mean, it is a um, kind of an easier, more social and, and, and not as like kind of, so, you know, when you like get together with a bunch of friends uh, on like zoom and this day and age of the pandemic, you know, you got to schedule it out. Everybody needs the zoom link. Everybody has to, you know, get on at the same time. You got to turn your camera on and all this stuff. Uh, clubhouse, much more casual. Um, somebody opens a room, maybe with one other person, they're just chatting. Anybody can, you know, come in and listen. And then, it's very easy to to bring somebody into the conversation to promote them to a speaking role. Um, so very seamless, uh, real easy, and it's not hard at all to jump from you know one conversation to to a different one if you want to just kind of bounce between a couple of rooms. And uh, yeah, honestly, that's you know, um, it's it's pretty polished. Uh, I, I I hope that they do kind of expand a few features um, here and there, but uh, that's my quick honest review of, of clubhouse so far well i mean it sounds awesome no wonder uh the left hates it i mean i really do hope uh the new york times whines and complains clubhouse into like a multi-billion dollar corporation that'd be fantastic oh absolutely so I, I have to mention i didn't watch it live i just caught up on the highlights this morning um i don't know if i've ever mentioned that i i've never had cable like since i got married and moved out of my parents house in 2010 i've never had cable so like when when i talk about what happens on cable news it's always like me looking up clips later like i'm never watching this crap live but anyway the president of the united states um did a town hall on cnn last night and went about how you'd expect uh biden said that you know china and the united states just have cultural differences meaning the enslavement of two million muslims is fine because we have different cultures or some such nonsense. Um, he lied over and over about about vaccine stuff, and he, he mentioned that we didn't have a COVID vaccine until he took office, which is hilarious considering he was vaccinated in December. Um, so I don't know how you square that circle. And then he made a bizarre comment about how minorities don't know uh, what the Internet is or, or some such nonsense. So, I mean, it was just classic, uh, classic Joe Biden on display. Yeah, not great. I, I didn't watch it either. I, too, um, was was looking up clips later. Um, I was spending my time in Clubhouse last night. Um, <laughs> so did not care to, to sit through a painful, excruciating Biden CNN tunnel. And and that's the thing, you know, it was was uh, it was CNN hosting, um, I believe. Right. I don't have that wrong, do I? Yeah, it was CNN. Yeah. OK, good. I thought it was. But for some reason, I was picturing the MSNBC logo. But well, anyway, who cares? Well, what's. Yeah. Yeah, there's no difference. Um, you know, uh, so friendly news network, you know, softball questions and, and somehow Biden still like flubs it. I don't I, like he fumbles the ball somehow. I don't really get that. Uh, you know, the the China comments, obviously, just absolutely horrendous. You know, China, like I don't know how anyone who takes themselves seriously in politics can say that that China is 
a, a net good in the world at all. Um, you know, Chinese Communist Party being not not generally the Chinese people. I've gotten in trouble on on that a couple of times. Um, and yeah, like you said, the vaccine stuff. The vaccine stuff where he's saying, you know, there's no plan to distribute vaccines, there's no vaccines. That's just, I mean, that is literally rewriting history. I mean, you know, day one of being in office, they purposefully scrubbed Operation Warp Speed. Of course, that operation is still technically going on. They just changed the name. Um, so, yeah, this is complete Trump erasure, I guess would be a term that I would call this. Um, or, or it's more like Biden trying to take credit for Trump's accomplishments as they were. Um, yeah, I mean, that of. that's right. And that started immediately. They said on day one after after the inauguration that his goal was, uh, uh, I mean, first he lied and said they were starting from scratch. And like even Dr. Fauci, one of the worst human beings on Earth, um, even said that, no, that's not true. Um, but he, I remember on day one of his presidency, Joe Biden, he said that, uh, his goal was to vaccinate a million people a day. Um, but that was already happening. Like that was the number that was already happening under Trump. So it's like, it was like a combination of trying to erase Trump and then also just like set the bar so low that, I mean, you set the bar below what you were already accomplishing before you took office. So it's like, I think he's just trying to hedge his bets or, or what? I don't know. I honestly like the the way Biden's campaign or comms team rather uh, have been carrying themselves and acting. Uh, I I don't know if they know what's going on. Like I don't know if there's you know a a, a wide ranging communication strategy at all. Um, it kind of feels like everyone's shooting from the hip. I mean, over the weekend, you know, they lost one of their top comms people. Because he was threatening a Politico journalist <laughs> over over that journalist, you know. Dude, well I, with, I completely right. forgot about that. I already, I haven't, oh, even, yeah. I haven't even mentioned. Yeah, go into that a little bit. I haven't even mentioned it on the show yet. Yeah. So T.J. Ducklow, who was the press secretary on the Biden campaign, um, you know, he at some point during the Biden campaign, no one's quite sure exactly when, um, he started dating an Axios reporter who was covering the Biden campaign. Now, typically, if you were an ethical journalist, you would disclose such a relationship. And then your newspaper, if the, again, if they are acting ethically, would reassign that person to a different beat. Of course. Um, so, you're, so you're not covering, you know, the person who you were dating or have some kind of intimate relationship with, right? Like journalistic ethics 101, don't sleep with your sources, right? Um, so that didn't happen. It comes out, you know, you know, people, people had kind of started picking up on, on their relationship. It comes out in the public eye, um, January and, um, Politico rightfully, you know, writes a story about how Axios A hadn't assigned them and B, you know, their relationship in general. And TJ Ducklow took it upon himself to go and threaten these Politico reporters saying, um, you know, that he will destroy them. There was there was some some a certain level of sexual harassment in these saying that that the reporter was jealous because some other guy wanted to bone his now fiance instead of the reporter, which is just a mind boggling insult. I'm not even sure how that computes. No, 
<laughs> but uh, you know, I guess you know TJ was probably not in his right mind. So so and initially he had gotten suspended without pay for one week. I mean, talk about a slap on the wrist. But then the next day he, which was that was a Friday afternoon. Yeah, next day he did. Um, this past Saturday I did resign. Um, and, and I kind of, I kind of feel bad for the guy a little bit because, you know, he, he does have stage four cancer, um, which, you know, don't wish that on anybody, but, uh, yeah, you, you, when you're, you know, representing the president of the United States who said, you know, day one, nobody is going to be acting, you know, if you're going to be acting like an a-hole, I, you're not going to be working for me, you're fired. And then he gets a slap on the wrist. It's, you know. The, there was plenty of reason for the uh, for the public outcry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and it is funny that that Biden did make the comment that anybody acting unethically would be fired on the spot. So it took him seconds to <laughs> to go back on that. But yeah, you know, watching these clips this morning from this town hall, man. Like, sorry to get petty for just a second, ridiculous for just a second, but it's like. You see these comments that, you know, the black people can't use the Internet. The, I, he, he said something along the lines of uh, everybody knows how he likes children better than people or whatever, whatever that's supposed to mean. But it's like I'm just looking at this, man, and I'm like, dude, if Joe Biden was your Uber driver, you'd be terrified. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. you'd be you'd be terrified for your life if Joe Biden was your Uber driver. And I'm like I asked my wife, I'm like, I'm trying to think of any job that I'd be comfortable with Joe Biden performing on my behalf you know what i mean like any, yeah, well, I mean, any well menial task yeah but i'm like i wouldn't I, I wouldn't want him to cook a meal or like i don't know drive a car or you know like yeah. anything like i i'm like and he's the most powerful man on, on the planet you know and then it obviously was being reported uh, off and on over the last 48 hours or so that kamala harris has been taking a lot of these calls with world leaders um instead of joe biden specifically uh macron from france and merkel from germany um so i mean obviously we shouldn't be surprised by that but it's like man that's terrifying like day one it's already harris you know working behind the scenes it's man it's terrifying and this is someone who like ran on their connections to world leaders who was very open about campaigning like oh i know every single one of these world leaders i've been around the world and shaking hands with all of them and i know a thing or two so if you want someone on foreign policy it's going to be me and apparently it's not it's kamala harris and apparently you know they are the the white house is is doing uh, i saw a headline yesterday they were doing like monumentous preparations for calls with world leaders like congratulatory calls like introductory calls of Joe Biden world leaders like how much do you really have to prepare if Joe has such a great relationship with all of these people and he worked in the White House for eight years I mean he like he know he should already be familiar with most of these people you know I, yeah it's it's amazing stuff I mean between that between word coming out that Harris is handling foreign calls Biden obviously goes on TV last night again showing his dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever it is I'm no physician the cherry on top of the Biden administration in the last week, though, was yesterday. Jen Psaki, um, who's doing a terrible job. I mean, I, I mean, I haven't, you know, most, that's a tough gig, don't get me wrong, being the president's press secretary, but she seems mm-hmm. especially bad, bad at it. Um, but she made a point to clarify to the press yesterday afternoon that the administration intends to destroy the Middle East. <laughs> she said, this is the quote, here's the exact quote. That was a paraphrase, but here's the exact quote. Uh, I can assure you that this president is not looking to the last presidency as a model for his foreign policy moving forward. So, I mean, 
I guess that's fine unless you serve in the military, live in the Middle East, are an ally of the United States, or have any kind of basic understanding of history and geopolitics. Yeah, Joe Biden's looking for his first opportunity to bust out the drones. I mean, and, he- and, you know, I will say I, I agree with you. I think that the, the White House press secretary, it's probably the second artist job in the White House behind the president. Yeah. Um, uh, and and Jim Psaki is not risen to the occasion. Like it is, <laughs> it is horrendous. Like like people were complaining about Sean Spicer. Sean Spicer did an okay job. Like he it was wasn't yeah. great. He was fine. Like I, I chuckled at the SNL skits, but like <laughs> Sean Spicer did a pretty, I mean, a fairly decent job. Jim Psaki is not even reaching Sean Spicer's level. No. Like, not even close. Like, honestly, and I said this, you know, like, day one, it, it seemed as if Jen did not prepare for her role as press secretary at all, simply because she thought that the press room was going to be a very comfortable, very, like, helping-handed place. And, and I don't think, in most cases, the press is going to prove her wrong. And even with that being so... She's still fumbling the ball. Yeah, like you got to be, you have to be like a wordsmith to do that job well, you know? Like you have to be a, a decent enough communicator. Like, I feel like I, I'd be okay at that. Like I'm a podcaster, I'm a professional songwriter. Like I kind of, words are kind of my thing. It's like how I make a living. But it's like, she, she'll just, she'll have like one prepackaged answer that she'll give for each topic, even if it doesn't really apply. And then if pushed further, she just, that's it. I mean, she only has like one line and it's the funny, <laughs> the funniest one liner that she keeps repeating is like, you know, yes, yeah, something along the lines is what, what's Joe Biden going to do for small businesses. And she's like, well, Joe Biden appointed a woman as yeah. the small business person or whatever. It's like, okay, that's not, she said the same thing about like the, what was it, Treasury Secretary or something like that? Well, it's it's a woman, so that's it's all you need to know. And then the journal is like, well, okay, but you're not going to answer. She woman, vagina. Like, what are you not understand? You're not understanding me. It's like she and there's no second level. Like there's no there's no right. depth past the initial talking point. Yeah, and and Citizen Joe and and you know Missouri is sitting there, you know maybe watching that, and he's like, okay, how does having a woman, you know, in the cabinet <laughs> help me pay my mortgage? Now that my, you know, bowling alleys shut down or, or, you know, whatever else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, The thing is, the troubling thing with with all this foreign policy stuff is that, like, so, so far what we've gotten, how long has Joe Biden been president? Less than a month, three, three and a half weeks. So he's promising to be soft on China. He's alienating Israel. He he still, as of, at least as of last Mm -hmm. night, he had yet to speak to Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, prime minister of Israel, because, you know, he, he hates he hates Netanyahu, and the Democrats really don't like Israel very much. And obviously, they're they're placating Iran, and and that's the Biden agenda. The the problem is that all these things have been thoroughly debunked over the last couple decades. Like we know that none of this works. We know being soft on China doesn't work. We know that placating Iran and alienating Israel is insane and counterproductive. Like we know that these policies hurt the United States and our allies. But we're just re-upping it again. It's amazing. Yeah, not not a great first month. Um, by any means, and but but hey hey no no more mean tweets. <laughs> Seventy thousand jobs lost on day one, but but Trump isn't tweeting mean stuff anymore. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it, the press convinced 
80 million people to vote for a man that every every Democrat, every Democrat listening to this podcast right now knows that I'm right when I said if Joe Biden was your Uber driver, you'd be terrified. Like every Democrats know that they're not stupid. Like my buddies who are Democrats are not dumb people. They're very smart. They know what's going on with Joe. <laughs> like they get it. Like they see the jobs being destroyed. They've un- they understand that Obama's foreign policy was trash. But they just I don't know, man. The the press is they they are still way more powerful than we gave them credit for. The orange man bad stuff was way more effective than we ever thought it would be. It's sad, man. It's a sad state of affairs. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm trying not to go like full, you know crazy hashtag resistance you know on on all this what what the crazy libs did to to trump um and and i feel like i've been pretty successful but i mean the biden administration is just such a target rich environment (laughs) to where it's it's hard to just not ceaselessly dunk on on everything and and i typically don't because I just have better things to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I have better things to do than keep up with what Joe Biden's doing on a certain level. Like I, I, I have to do that on a certain level professionally, just, you know, for, for my job and everything, just keep an eye on, on the white house. But it's, it's, it just makes me sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. It's just sad. It, it, it's just sad. I one, one more thing before I let you go, man, I have to mention, we are seeing some weaponized, stupidity some weaponized ignorance this morning um over the the continued power outages in texas i mean wind turbines are frozen solid (laughs) you know and there's there's hundreds of thousands of people i believe still this morning without power across texas mostly in the austin area um obviously this is the worst storm they've seen down there in in decades but the left is somehow that i mean they'll they'll try to do this for literally anything but the left is somehow trying to capitalize on this and it absolutely makes no sense i mean obviously this is this is the left's fault. I mean, this is, this is the, 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 the fault of all of these green policies. Renewable energy is unreliable. We, we've known that for a long time. But, man, being a leftist must be fun, man. You can take anything negative that happens and try to blame it on capitalism or try to blame it on the Republicans. AOC tweeted, I try not to quote AOC too much. We all know who she is and, and stuff, so it's you know not even worth dunking on her, but I just have to, I have to mention it. She tweeted that the, the power outages are happening because Congress didn't pass the Green New Deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's quite literally the opposite of reality. Like it's it's just the inverse, the upside down of reality. But it doesn't matter. I mean, the press is either too evil or too stupid to tell the truth, and Democrats don't know anything about the energy sector, so she just gets away with this nonsense. Yeah, the the logical gymnastics you have to do to to reach that conclusion is ridiculous. <laughs> and and like Beto was out this morning calling Texas a failed state. You know over over this stuff like and and texas has you know been very prideful in their in their energy independence and and for good reason um but yeah i mean you can't do anything when a you know a little act of god a little a freak you know weather storm and and you know natural disasters not necessarily even disasters but natural phenomenon happens like this you know more often than most people you know care to admit um and and it's ridiculously hard to plan for uh, but, but yeah, when you have, you know, your wind turbines freezing solid and people's pipes bursting in their house cause they weren't built to withstand, you know, 10 degrees, you know, there's, there's going to be a problem that probably no one really foresaw coming and, and to point fingers at, you know, a specific policy 
is not only premature, I'd say it's it's really irresponsible and and it's kind of, it's taking advantage of a tragedy, which you know is is what liberals are are best at in in most cases. And I just think it's it's even funnier that they are trying to say, oh, the Green New Deal would prevent this. The Green New Deal was was you know out there, and in effect. It would be more wind turbines, more reliance on on you know solar energy, which is the sun is currently being blocked by all the clouds dumping snow, uh, and and you know there would be more wind energy, which are as we know all the wind turbines are frozen shut. Uh, you know you know what doesn't freeze in ten degrees? Crude oil. <laughs> the the freezing temperature of crude oil is about negative fifty degrees Fahrenheit. Yes, sir. And if it is negative fifty degrees Fahrenheit in texas then we have bigger things to worry about oh yeah 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 global warming is the the least of our worries at that point and of course nuclear too like that's one thing you know mm. just on the topic of energy i just i've never understood the opposition unless i mean unless you're just a communist that just wants the state to take over the means of production of energy and stuff then i mean obviously okay like i understand your motives there you're just an evil bastard but like there's just no logical argument against nuclear power at this point Honestly, yeah, um, especially because we can build, you know, very like like there was there were mistakes made in a lot of the early, you know, nuclear plants. I mean, there's there's Three Mile Island in New York, Chernobyl, of course. Um, then, but the thing is, we know enough to where all of those kinds of mistakes are are entirely preventable. Like the the redundancies built into to the nuclear reactors these days are are ridiculous and monumentous and, and prevent anything like those, you know, disasters from happening, which is good. You know, we kind of had to go through, go through, you know, some of them to, to learn from our mistakes. Um, so it's a good thing that, that we were able to do that. Um, but yeah, anyone, anyone who, who says that nuclear energy is not a viable source of, of clean quote unquote energy is not a serious person. It is not caring about the environment. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just frustrating. And I'll, I'll wrap up on this, but like, it's just frustrating I mean, being a leftist truly means you never have to say you're sorry. I mean, you just double down no matter what happens. I mean, all of the left's policies have been debunked in the last year. All of them. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, last summer, their gun policies were debunked, right? Like, Black Lives Matter and Antifa go burn every major American city down for three straight months, and then everybody goes out and buys guns. And, ever, and you know, it's like, okay, well, I mean, the left, you encouraged rioting, you, you encouraged... I mean, the literal, you know, Antifa was like literally just murdering Trump supporters on the street. Um, you know, so they lost the gun debate. I mean, the gun debate is over forever, uh, but they're doubling down. I mean, Joe Biden says he wants to confiscate guns. I mean, you can your your policies can be thoroughly debunked. And if you're a leftist, you can just keep doubling down because, you, you know, the press will cover for you. And it's the same way with the energy policy. <laughs> Wind turbines freeze solid and then everybody in Texas loses power. And then AOC calls for the Green New Deal. Say, well, all right, you just you lost the debate. Like you just you just you're seeing you you just lost in real time. You lost the debate in front of the world, and then you still double down. And then obviously foreign policy is the same way. I mean, Obama's foreign policy is just cataclysmic for eight years, getting tons of both U.S. troops and civilians in the Middle East killed. I mean, we bombed a Doctors Without Borders hospital in Yemen. We bombed a, a wedding in Yemen. We you know we killed a, a 16 year old American citizen. You know, without due process, you know, and then Joe Biden comes into office and doubles down on all that stuff. And it's like after the Abraham Accords, after all the peace deals and all the great progress that we made in, under the Trump administration. So it's like if you're a Democrat, your policy platform can be thoroughly, brutally, painfully 
debunked for all the world to see, and you can still double down. It's amazing. You're 100% right on that, Brady. Um, absolutely. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, no. Like, that nailed the head. Nailed, nailed it on the head. Um, but, uh, some, some sad news that I gotta, I gotta tell you right now. Uh, I just got the Fox news notification. It's all over Twitter. Um, Rush Limbaugh, uh, just passed away. Oh no. Yeah. A lot of just news broke. Not even two minutes ago. Oh no. Yeah. Oh dude, that's crazy, man. Whew. Wow. 70 years old. And man, what what an absolute icon Rush Limbaugh was. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, I don't know if it's... Uh, I don't think it's going too far to say without Rush, we're probably not having this conversation on this podcast. You know, and a lot of your favorite pundits on the right don't have a career. You know, Rush really was a game changer, man, for, for all of us. Pioneered conservative right now, really. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Not to not to go over the top, but I, I really think without without Rush Limbaugh, uh, uh, the Republic looks a lot different uh, than it does now. Man, what a loss! Yeah, complications from lung cancer, man. Yeah, and he was a uh, you know he was in bad shape. He was sick for a long time, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Multiple years he's been battling this thing. So, man, fought till the end. Godspeed, brother. I guess we can end it there. Uh, man, thanks for. <laughs> I didn't have my phone out, so thanks for uh, for breaking that news for us. But man, what a that's a what a loss. That's that's sad, brother. Yeah, that's a that's a real huge loss for for just the the movement in general. Absolutely. All right. That'll do it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody follow Alec on Twitter at Alec underscore Sears. Um, That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Monday. No gimmicks.